Hello there, Andy Peters here, standing in for Graham on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Here's what we got up to this weekend. Jay Rayner joined me in the studio to tell us all about the release of Series 7 of his podcast, Out to Lunch with Jay Rayner. Jay Danuka was also in, telling us about starring in the West End limited run of Mike Bartlett's play, Cock. Show chef Martha spoiled us with a St. Patrick's Day cake and a celebration for the Holy Festival. And guess the guest made a welcome return, so we'll find out whether anyone got that right. So let's get stuck in, shall we? It's lovely to see you. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Thank you very much for coming in. I'm sorry I'm not Graham Norton. <laughs> no, I'm loving meeting you. It's uh, good. Thinking... I mean, you know, we'd love to have met Graham as well, but yeah. it's great to be here with you. Oh, thank you very much indeed. You say the nicest possible things. <laughs> uh, you look bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Were you on stage last night? I was on stage last night. Okay, so tell us a little bit about the play. Well, it's a very modern, very fast-paced, really funny sort of love triangle pe- play. Um, there is the character of John, played by Jonathan Bailey, who's in a relationship with M, played by Taryn. Um, but they go on a break. And while they're on a break, John meets W, the woman oh, of his dreams. Played who I by? Play, you played by Jade, yes. Yeah, by your good self, yes. <laughs> and basically he sort of tells, he, tells each person that he's going to break up with the other person, but he keeps seeing them both. And then there's a big dinner at the end where it all comes out and it's really tense, it's really stressful and it's also really funny. Okay, so would you, is, it a, is it a thriller comedy? I mean, how does one describe it? Yeah, it's really hard. It is sort of like a farce almost in the end. Amazing. It's a, it's, yeah, um, but it's a drama, comedy, farce, thriller. <laughs> like, that's that, that well-known genre yeah, of plays. Uh, yes. Exactly. Now, look, you've been an actress for all your professional grown-up life. This play, I mean, it's a big deal, this play, isn't it? It's, totally. It's a hard show to do. It is. It's it's basically just about the acting. The set is really minimal. There are no props, as per the writer, Mike Bartlett, says in the, in the script that he doesn't want any props or any, any sort of scenery. So we're kind of out there, very exposed, uh, and... It's really great, though, because Mike Bartlett's words are, thankfully, brilliant. I've uh, been lucky to work with him before I did um, his TV show, Trauma, um, and... His words are amazing, but when you're up there and when you haven't been on, uh, you know, you haven't been on the stage for a few years because of lockdowns, uh, it's quite scary to come back to a play like this. With only four of you? Only four of us, yeah. Well, only four of you. Uh, with a play with the name it's got, uh, <laughs> just to reassure people, there's no nudity. No. no. You don't see any of the title. You don't. Okay, but... But your imagination gets, you know, very much... Goes wild. Yeah, it goes wild. Do you know what? Interesting celebrity name drop, because I thought I might as well... Taron Edgerton trains. We train in the same gym. Amazing. Uh, so I, you know, he's, that's why you're both very, very fit. I well, guess. he trains harder than me. I do. A little, <laughs> I do quite a bit of chit chat. How are you? Lovely <laughs> to see you. He's like, right, man on a mission. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm gonna get buff. I mean, we could all take a leaf out of his book. Let's be honest. Yeah, probably. We could all take a leaf out of his book. When you are on stage, I mean, four of you makes it a very lonely place. Mm. But is that the skill set of an actress, of yeah. any actor or actress? Yeah, totally. There is something in there, but it actually doesn't feel very lonely. It feels very much like we're a little family um mm. especially because we were rehearsing for about five weeks beforehand before the shows go up and you're with each other you know 10 to 6 every day for that amount of time and we really do feel like we are a team trying to tell this story in the best way possible it's only a limited run though isn't it it is 12 weeks so we finish 4th of june i believe that is do you know what you're correct because i've got it written down in front of me to the 4th of june so there's still time for me to come see it there's still time 
same thing. I'm just thinking, how many tickets a night do you have for free? Just, just, just saying. <laughs> I'll you talk know. to the producer. Talk I'm to sure the... we can get you in, Andy. Slip me in somewhere discreetly <laughs> at the back, discreetly at the back. Has it been, you, again, you said you obviously were then rehearsing kind of during some sort of lockdowns to then get, oh, I suppose there's only four of you, so it's quite easy to make a little bubble yes. for yourselves. Mm-hmm. But how much harder is it been acting in the last two years than it has been previously? I mean, yeah, completely. Uh, Theatre shows have been cancelled. I had a play that I was supposed to do summer 2020 that didn't happen. But luckily, the film industry and screen screen stuff has managed to continue. It's easier to kind of, like you say, bubble up in mm. groups. But theatre is hard because obviously we need the audience. We need people to come together. That's what makes it so special. So it's just really, it's really lovely to be back on stage and, and to be sharing uh, a story like this with loads of people because it has been difficult the last the last few years yeah you talked about mike bartlett's words being extraordinary being great when you choose a role Mm. is it about the character or is it sometimes you put your trust in the person who's written it and who's directing it uh yeah both i think well something like this everything just comes together mike i knew his words would be brilliant i didn't know the play but i loved the themes of the play and i thought they were really important and then the director marianne elliott is just legendary so i was just it was kind of an amalgamation of loads of brilliant things that made me want to do it. And I think that's always the that's always the kind of ideal. It's quarter past 12 in the afternoon. It's a Saturday. What does your Saturday look like for the rest of today? Uh, walking around and chilling as much as I can before the show tonight. OK, show, it's a show night every night. Show literally. night every night. Is there no, what do they say? Dark nights, darling. Sunday's a dark night. Sunday's a dark Do people in the theatre actually say dark night, darling? No. Oh. <laughs> I knew what you meant, but I've never heard that oh, term. No. <laughs> well, the theatres are dark, I yes. guess, is what you say. But do people still call each other darling? Why no. not? Why not? <laughs> I'm just thinking, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, it's just, I don't often talk to lovely actresses. <laughs> Can I call you actress or actor? Again, I'm, I'm treading on eggshells I know. Now. Well, I would, I'm happy with either. I would refer to myself as an actor, but I'm happy with either. OK, but when did it change then an actor stopped being a man? And act- Well, you don't say like a baker and a baker, bakeress, do you? Like we're both acting. You're both baking. Oh, I see what you mean. A pilot. You don't say a teacher and a teacheress. True. A pilot, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So Yeah, okay. Uh, do you know what? No one has ever explained to me where it came. One of my friends literally now will be like, oh God, he's gone down this road. <laughs> because I never understand these things. Okay, yes, you're right. So you, the job is acting, so therefore you are an act. Who knew that this is what we were going to discuss? I was <laughs> going to talk to you about your short film, Her and Her, which was part of the BBC's culture series yep. uh, during uh, quarantine and lockdowns, etc., etc. It's actually been shown at 23 festivals, which is quite an achievement. I know you're probably quite sort of... <laughs> humble about it but that's quite a big achievement isn't it well it was yeah it was quite uh, special because it was my first short film first mm. thing I've written and I directed it and filmed it on my phone in my flat in lockdown so it was uh, it was really great that it, it sort of was appreciated by so many people and do you have delusions of you know you want to direct the next Batman or <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to be in the next Batman okay that's do you know what? I can make that happen yeah oh great can you not really mm. sorry <laughs> <laughs> People always go, can you? No, not really. I just, I mean, I just say put it out there. Yeah, put it into the world. Yeah, put it into the world. You're going to play Bat, Batwoman. Yeah, why not? Why not? You're an actor, not yeah. an actress. Blah, blah, blah. So let's, you're going to play the bat. Let's just get, let's just make <laughs> the, bat person. <laughs> the bat person. Exactly. I mean, yeah, do you have any dreams, aspirations still, things you'd really want to do? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, I want to just keep working. I want to work in theatre, in film, in TV. I want to do l- loads of stuff. I want to just keep the my career varied that's the that's the kind of dream and that's the again that's the important thing is to do something different every time again totally. to shock people totally well not, not deliberately to, act- to shock but it's kind of just keep it interesting well it's interesting because the name of your play does shock 
It I does. I haven't quite worked out why it's called what it's called. Well, it's there's many reasons, one of which is that it's like a cockfight and we are fighting <laughs> with words. Right, OK. I don't do any more reasons just no. because my mum's listening. She'll be <laughs> a little bit. Oh, Andy, that, that lovely Jade said that You know, like a, a male hen... There we go. Thank you. Okay, so Jade is starring in Male Hen. (laughs) It's playing at the Ambassadors Theatre. Tickets are still available at... See, now I'm stuck now. Yeah. Because I can't say malehentheplay.co.uk. That won't work. I have to say cocktheplay.co.uk. It's got a certain ring to it, hasn't it? Jade, it's a pleasure to meet you. You too. I really look forward to coming to see the show because I genuinely will because I love the way you've described it. It's intense but funny at the same time. Definitely. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. I know you've got to go to work as well. Yes. But enjoy your little walk around. Have you been here before? Look at the view. It's amazing. It's unreal, isn't it? It's unreal. It's my first time ever in here. This view (laughs) is unbelievable. Can you see where you live from here? Um... It's, I don't even know which way it is. South, basically. Okay. I, uh, that way. Yeah, that I think way. we, yeah, I live that way as well. Yeah. Okay, look, thank you. Look, it's lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having uh, me. And good luck with the rest of the show. Cheers. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio. Jay, welcome. It, it's a delight to be yeah, here, Andy. That is the boxing bell, Jay, because... Yeah. I've talked about it already this morning. It's lovely to see you, by the way. Jay Rayner, food critic is what we'll know you, and columnist, uh, and a man who eats a lot of food for a living. Well, no, I do the writing about it and the broadcasting about it for a living. I do the eating for free. (laughs) My last memory of you in the flesh... In the yes. very ripped and taut flesh, Thank Andy you. Peters, was you running into the MasterChef critics' chamber looking terrified? Because I was terrified. I mean, I genuinely, as much as I enjoyed being on MasterChef, it was a terrifying experience. People would say, would you do it again? And back in the day when I did it, the series, I mean, we filmed, I did 35 days of filming. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, short, it's slightly shorter now because of the way the world we live in, but certainly it was really hard. And the day that you then have to cook food that has to be presented hot to food critics is an extraordinary day and no disrespect jay i just wanted to say to you thank you because you were actually really nice about my food well that's lovely because (laughs) i it did occur to me i was sitting on the way here thinking what was it that andy cooked I can't remember. Oh, that means that Andy Peters' food was literally unmemorable. No. What wow. Was- <laughs> wow. What was it you cooked? Remind the me. thing that you loved, I yeah. made a white chocolate and peppermint mousse. And your exact words were, because you remember things like this. Yeah. Um, what did you say? <laughs> That's how much I remember it. I've been sorry. This moment, I've been waiting for this moment so long in my life. I, I'm to literally say in the you, edge of my seat yeah, To say to, thank to, you very to... much. Uh, you said it was jolly good, clever boy. Then it must restaurant have been standard. That's what you said. Restaurant you said standard. restaurant standard, clever boy. It was a white peppermint chocolate mousse with a shortbread biscuit on the side, served in an espresso cup, which that is the same. Delicious. Can I just say it's yeah. the same thing I made uh, when I did a versus Gordon Ramsay on one of Gordon Ramsay's shows, and I beat him. So he made a chocolate mousse, I made a chocolate mousse, blind tasting, and I won. Gordon has never forgotten that. No, Gordon doesn't forget much. It no, has to be said. Know, exactly. he, he, he has gold medals in bearing a grudge. Well, I'm, I'm delighted that I was nice because it's not always the way, although I think I'm mellowing with age. <laughs> well, we won't need the... So we had the boxing bell ready, yeah, but we won't good. need it. No, we won't. It will just be a big hug. Oh, yeah. well, well, no hugs allowed either at the yeah. moment. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it's lovely to see you. Thank you so much for coming in. Your podcast, Out to Lunch, uh, the, the next series is about to launch with well, a great just guest. Just launched. Um, so we, uh, we opened season seven with Stephen Fry. 
Awesome. Um, and then on Tuesday comes Bill Bailey. And it's been it's been a labour of love. I and mean, Podcasting is sort of weird. For those of us who are brought up on mm. sort of broadcasting with major organisations and having... And then you're just throwing something out there. Um, so the premise is I take a an interesting person to a restaurant that suits their dietary needs. Yeah. Uh, if they have none, then I take them anywhere. Uh, we have a fantastic meal, and I interview them. Um, I interview them for about two hours. It runs out at about 45 minutes, because okay. editing is always a good thing, I've, yes. I've always found. Are you, are you on the sauce as well? I mean, the drink... It, you... it depends who. I mean, Stanley Tucci was well up for a few glasses of red wine. <laughs> so was Guy Garvey of Elbow. Right, um, OK. I think Stephen and I had a glass of champagne and one of Chablis, darling. Marvellous. Um, but the interesting thing about the format is, you know what it's... We're both sitting over... For microphones there's yes. a whole bunch of tech around us this is an interview yeah we put microphones over the top of people we record it in a private dining room to control the sound and what we found from the very first episode was richard e grant still available to listen to is that very quickly when the whole drama of food starts arriving and it's just like you're sitting in a restaurant mm. they forget about the microphones and they talk so if you've done your research um, then you can get what I think is a different interview. I'll be honest, you know, it's not like an interview with Stephen Fry is rare. <laughs> Even him, he would say, you know, yeah. there are a lot of Stephen Fry interviews, but can you get a different one? Can you get one that tells you things you might not have heard before? Um, and that's sort of, that's what I pin it on. Do you learn, do you think, from them by the choices of the food they make? Do you, are you immediately like, okay, he's chosen the fish, I think he's going to be like this, or they've gone for the beef, which is chewy, meaty, this is going to be a great conversation. There are certain people like So Jamie Dornan, yes. the great Jamie Dornan, yeah. um, basically said he had a, he has a problem, which is he just eats too much beef, and can I have a steak, please? When I took him to the Guinea Grill, which is a fabulous British pub in Mayfair, um, and you knew it was going to be oh, wow. proper, and he was digging in for lunch. Uh, again, with Guy Garvey, who right. was one of my favourites. Um, I said, you know, they do lamb's brains on toast here at St John, which is an awful base restaurant. Would you like to? So, well, I've never done that. I'm in. <gasps> and you think, right, OK. OK, this is So yeah. sometimes there is that going on and sometimes less so. Sometimes yeah. people are, they're there for a very nice lunch. Cathy uh, Burke, I remember when she sent me her dietaries, it was all very complicated. <laughs> and she said, so it's just fish and chips, really, isn't it? So I took her to That's Scott's great. in Mayfair, Fantastic. which is a great fish restaurant. Yeah, lovely. Um, they're opening one near me, randomly. There we go. They're kind of opening one near you. Um, <laughs> the original's been there for 200 yes, years exactly. or whatever, and now they've decided now they've to roll the brand. Yeah, they're going to open one near me. Look, six million downloads is not to be sniffed at. No. Are you surprised at the success of the of the podcast? I'm not going to say I'm surprised. I'm going to say I'm delighted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because we put a lot of work into it. There are 100 episodes now, and you build things. It's very competitive, the podcast world. Yeah, yeah. It started as a little bit like fanzines. You remember in the 80s yes. when people made their names through fanzines? And I think that's what podcasting was. A lot of professionalism has moved in, and there are ups and downs to that. But I come from a you know, BBC background and know a bit about broadcasting. I work with a very, very good team yeah. um, who are fantastic. And I think... I think it's all it deserves. We're getting a hundred thousand or so a week now, um, yep. and that puts it, you know, in the in the top leagues. But I hope it's one of the great things is you don't listen passively to podcasts; you choose them. Yes. And so every one of those listens is someone who went, "I want to listen to this." Um, so I'm, you know, I'm 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 deeply proud of it. You love your jazz. I do love my jazz. I've accidentally formed a jazz quartet 
10 years ago. I'm the pianist uh, with sax and bass and, uh, and a singer, the singer being my wife, as it happens. So the Jay Rayner Quartet, to mark the 10th anniversary, we decided to have a big show and to put together a new repertoire. There were a whole bunch of tunes in the 80s that did, weren't just jazz-inflected, they had jazz in their bones. I'm mm-hmm. thinking Sade and Matt Bianco, Swing Out Sister... <sighs> Style Council, all of the everything but the girl, and obviously Sting. And so we didn't do covers; we treated them like they were songs from the Great American Songbook. Right. And so, what what are the essentials? How can we do them? And Moon Over Bourbon Street was one of the first ones that we went for um, because it's a beautiful, beautiful song. But we didn't do it quite the way that Sting would <laughs> did it. Well, I think it would only be fair that we get to hear some of it. You have got a little clip. Can I say? Oh yes. Let's, oh, let, let's let it play out. Okay. Yeah. Oh, lovely. I mean, it's great. This of you live performance that was recorded. So this was actually taking straight off the desk. So what I was going to say was, not the greatest quality recording, but I've got it. So your guy said, could you hear it? Yeah, yeah. Um, And we've just announced a a big set of shows at Pizza Express Dean Street in August. If you go to my website, jrayner.co.uk, all the links are there. But it's a a lot of fun. And people, you get an emotional response. When you start doing a song like Break Out by Swing Out Sister, which is salsa. Great song. um, And you've taken all the electronics out of it you've mm-hmm. kept the essentials of what it is and play it as jazz it's a cracking night so this is a string to your bow that you know i didn't know you had until i read up about you yesterday obviously <laughs> you but... just remembered my dark staring eyes <laughs> yes, as you ran into no the i shepherd. just remember your very nice comments about me yeah uh, but look i mean obviously there are many strings to your bow what, what do you enjoy the most i am a writer first and foremost mm-hmm. Uh, if everything fell apart and someone said you can only choose one thing how would you make a living well as a writer I've been a print journalist for 35 years I write the restaurant reviews for the Observer I write books um, but I, I do love doing the music because it's it's very different for those of us as journalists broadcasters it's sort of you in front of the mic or you in front of the screen but it's a team sport music yeah. we arranged all these songs together I work with brilliant musicians and it's a joy to be able to do it and talking about food, because we all love food, when you go into a restaurant now, yes. because obviously your television exposure over the last 10 years has been so great, do people go, oh, God, he's in? Are you more scary than a Michelin Guide man going in, or woman? Uh, I have absolutely... I, I mean, I can't speak for that. Um, what I would say is, if the restaurant is professional, mm-hmm. they don't bat an eyelid. Yeah. I mean, maybe they then run off and go, we've got that bloke in. <laughs> but here's the thing. Restaurants are very like theatre. With theatre, you can't rewrite the script, you can't recast, you can't change it. Once the audience is in, that's what the play is. And yeah. restaurants are essentially the same. They have their recipes, they have their training, they have their decor, they have their menu. It's all the same. Just because I turn up, a restaurant that's bad can't become good. So if they're, if they're professional, they're just going to go, oh, he's in, right, we better do the thing. You wrote a review of a kebab shop in southwest London yes, uh, called did. The Kebab Kid. Really famous with the locals. It's a kebab. It's £10. 
do you treat that exactly the same as you treat a meal that costs a hundred pounds? Well, I think we I think we need to give some some context to that one. <laughs> uh, a, a, an interesting man from Turkey who goes by the name of Salt Bay who yes. opened his steak restaurant in Knightsbridge selling steaks wrapped in gold leaf for up to fourteen hundred and fifty pounds. Wow! Some of my colleagues, so-called rivals, had managed to convince their editors to let them go in and spend the five hundred pounds. I wasn't going to do that. We've got better things to spend our money on. So I thought it would be brilliant if I went and got a takeaway kebab and ate it at a picnic table outside the restaurant but I wanted it to be a good one and yeah. I knew that Kebab Kid uh, in southwest London Wandsworth area yeah. um, is brilliant and so that's what I did and yes I do I mean you've, you've got to rate things um, against themselves yeah I wasn't saying that the the uh, you know that the steak costing 14.50 and the kebab were the same but I think I was saying that it was a better way to spend your money. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. That's for sure. Well, look, your podcast is out now, Out to Lunch. Stephen is. Fry is already available in Series 7. Yep. Uh, Bill Bailey coming up. We also have Rob Bryden, Rose Matafeo, Sarah Parrish. We have a great lineup for Series 7. And there's 95 or so other episodes of lots and lots of people, Mini Driver, um, great people Jamie yeah. Doyle yeah. they're all there wherever you get your podcast and what do I need to do because I, I mean I, I, can't, I love a free lunch yeah you just have to wait for the call Andy That's oh really it. yeah you just nobody asked the only person who's actually asked Jack Whitehall did he get well he did but I mercilessly took the mickey out of him for begging Oh, well. Okay. It's, it's not pretty. Okay, fan. I'll just play music. That's all I'll do. Just play music. Jay Rayner, thank you so much. Delightful to be here. Thanks, Andy. Still to come, we play the nation's favourite. Guess the guest. But before we do that, show chef Martha's got a couple of recipes for you to celebrate the Holy Festival and St. Patrick's Day. Good morning. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm very well, thank you very much indeed. My first time on Virgin Radio, but not yours. Well, I've been cooking a few weeks now. <laughs> exactly. Now, you obviously were famous from being on Bake Off. Oh. I know exactly what it's like to be on a cookery show and have your food judged. <laughs> How did you find the experience very quickly? Oh, very enjoyable, but very stressful. Oh, my goodness. Cooking under cooking under pressure, even though I, I'm in a job now that I do exactly that. Yes. <laughs> cooking under pressure to be judged in an outdoor environment is not... It's not natural. When you were when you were only seventeen. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, it was really good fun, and I'm really grateful for the opportunities it has brought my yeah, way. It's led to some lovely <laughs> things for you, exactly. Yes. But do you get bored of baking cakes for people? They're like, oh, hang on a minute, because <laughs> I bet everyone in your wood in the woodwork of your life is like, oh, hang on, Martha can now bake the cake for us. They expect people expect cake. They expect you to turn up with cake. But yeah. you know, that's not a bad person. But I'm not a bad friend to be. Is no, it? <laughs> but I would just go and buy the cake from a shop and say, I made it. Here we go. Enjoy. <laughs> and do you know what? That's fine too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so what are you going to make today and why? So I have made some dishes today. These are from the Waitrose Weekend paper and they are Malika Basu recipes and they are all celebrating the Hindu festival of Holi. So Holi is a festival of colour. If yep. you see people out in the street celebrating Holi, you see them covered in, yeah. in powdered paint. It looks yeah. so much fun. <laughs> it's, pro it's probably the best festival, the best way to celebrate a festival actually. And oh, you get covered sure. and you literally get covered in head to toe in head to toe in wonderful splashes of colour. Yeah, it looks amazing. And I feel like so many people this time of year are concentrating on spring cleaning. So the idea of actually just running around, throwing pain and just kind of, I think it's supposed to kind of release your inhibitions and kind of welcoming in spring. So it's oh. about a fresh start. And I think, well, and what why better not? way? Absolutely. And bring a little bit of colour. I mean, the daffodils are out. There's colour everywhere now. So why not throw some paint? So what have you made 
Cool. So, oh, this is very exciting, by the way. Oh, well, it's a delight to cook for someone yeah. new. It's a real pleasure. Yes. So two things today. Mm-hmm. Um, both recipes celebrate holy. So we have got a chole, which is a beautiful chickpea dish. Really straightforward. The good thing about Malika's recipes is that even if they are age-old traditional recipes, yeah. she simplifies them. So it's actually easy to replicate them in your kitchen at home. Great. So we've got a delicious chickpea chole, which is tangy and zingy and it's got loads of flavour, which could be a main dish or a side dish and then something a little bit special it's 11.48 but you know it's time for a cocktail (laughs) yes of course why not (laughs) so this is a boozy tandai so it's a beautiful cocktail based with almond milk it's got rose spices and tandis are supposed to be cooling so when you've eaten a lot of spicy food or you've been running around you're nice and hot this is a delicious way just to cool everything down so it's got a little bit of gin in there as well just to make it a bit more grown up blimey you want me you want me to be rolled rolled out of this building from the 17th floor roll down says okay well okay i get to try that absolutely so this is a meal well dishes celebrating marking the holy festival in the hindu calendar mm-hmm. so talk me through the chole first which i'm enjoying Absolutely. So this is a delicious chickpea. Um, It's not necessarily a curry because it doesn't have loads of sauce with it, but a lovely Indian side dish. So it's got loads of tangy flavours in there. Um, It's really straightforward to make, which will please lots of people. Just 15 minutes to start to finish, which is a recipe I can get on board with at the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I want it to be easy. So go on. Are you going to talk me through the method very quickly? I will do. So first of all, we're going to put some oil into a... uh, deep saucepan mm-hmm. or a frying pan it spits a little bit so you want to make sure you've got something with some some strong sides on it and um, we're going to put some oil in there and then our spices go in so we've got some cloves some cardamom some cinnamon it's a really beautifully spiced dish this one they all go in there cook for a few minutes until they start to color then we're mm-hmm. going to add in some ginger and some green chili cook that a little bit a couple of minutes then so it all goes into the same pan some chat masala and some garam masala which are two spice blends which just have loads of different herbs and spices lift it to a zingy place can i buy those already you said they're mixes so i just you buy can. one as chat masala and one as garam masala absolutely yeah they sell them as cooks ingredients in waitress in these really handy little pots that can stack in your cupboards so you're always ready mm-hmm. <laughs> always ready to make so that goes in there and then we're going to add some tea now this is quite an unusual part of the recipe so it, the chickpeas get cooked in tea and tea has a slight bit when you haven't added milk or sugar to mm-hmm. it which works really nicely in something like this because it mellows those spices and then once we've added the tea in go two cans of cooked chickpeas already cooked you could use dried ones and soak them if you want to but Again, let's be who real. needs to do that <laughs> yeah, who needs to most do that? people will be cracking open a can they go into the tea into that lovely spice mixture bubble for a couple of minutes till they're nicely warmed through you don't want to cook this dish for ages because then the skins will start to peel off your chickpeas and it won't look quite so pretty so just cook it until it's nice and warm and bubbling mm-hmm. then we're going to mix through some tamarind paste and some pomegranate molasses so that's where i'm getting that sharpness but at the same time the sweetness absolutely yes right. so tamarind and pomegranates are both fruits that have lots of sweetness but also really lovely tangy kind of yeah beautiful flavors and sharpness in them yep Mix it all together. Delicious, by the way. Oh, I'm so glad you're enjoying. Whilst you're describing it, it's absolutely delicious. <laughs> sorry, do carry on. No, no, we're basically at the end now. Okay. All right. So yeah. another drink to Food go with it. Into a bowl, oh. and then yes, the drink to go with it. This is something because we've got green chili and a few other spices in there. You need something a little bit cooling. They always say you should drink milk <laughs> to yes. cool down mm-hmm. after you've had a curry instead of water. So this is a milk-based cocktail. It's traditionally made with cow's milk and thickened with ingredients like melon seeds and poppy seeds. But Malik has done a clever thing by bringing it back to ingredients we might have in our cupboards and also making making it vegan. So she uses an almond milk. We blitz that in a food processor with some cardamom pods, some black pepper, um, some rose water and a little bit of sugar. 
blitz it all together until it's nice and smooth and then we strain that through a sieve into a glass top it up with a little saffron and some rose petals and then if you like you can add a little gin or vodka to it's, make a, it a, it's bit... a beautifully white drink as well it's, it's really vibrant you yeah. put some lovely are they sort of dried petals or something they like? are dried rose petals and a bit of saffron as well just because okay. we're tying in with holy a bit of color a bit of well, lift. beautiful and it's very very tasty uh, if you want details all the details are on the virgin radio instagram account page yeah. uh, you can get them there and it does look i mean I have to say you, you always make your food look insta-famous. Oh, that's very done, kind. And it looks lovely. <laughs> uh, lovely to see you. You're back tomorrow. Oh, I am. Uh, what are you going to bring us or cook for us tomorrow? Well, I'm going to make you something sweet um, to celebrate St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. Something sweet to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. I wonder Day. if you can guess what oh. it is. Uh, something <laughs> sweet to celebrate... A cake, maybe? Mm, you okay. have to wait and see. Oh, oh all right. Oh, Surprise. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Martha, lovely to see you. And you. Thank you very much indeed. It's, um, wow, it's spicy and hot, but at the same time sweet. I love it. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio. Good morning. Nice to see you again. How are you today? And you, I'm very well this morning. Thanks. How are you? I'm. Do you know what? I'm tippity top. I did Saturday Night Takeaway yesterday. Oh, fun. And luckily, it wasn't too far from where we are now. The whole thing about London, if you don't live in London, I can't tell you how bad the traffic is in London. <laughs> I, I literally only had to go, I think it was like six miles, and it took 45 minutes. Oh, my goodness. And then you could have walked. Even, <laughs> could have. Um, and then even coming back at night, and so, you know, it's nine o'clock at night, and journeys still take an hour to go 10 miles. I mean, this is London. <laughs> I'm not highly political, but cheers, Sadiq. Okay, there we go. <laughs> That's my Andy's political statement. So, um, but look, no politics involved because there's cake now. Oh, yes. Cake okay. on a Sunday morning. Oh, why not? So it's St. Patrick's Day soon. It is coming and up next week. So what have you done? What have you done? So, used the classic Guinness in something that people might not be expecting it in, which is a delicious cake. So this is a Guinness sheet cake with cream cheese frosting. Okay, when you say sheet, S-H-E-E-T, <laughs> um, as in a tr- like a tray bake? As in, yeah, a tray bake. I think sheet cake, a sheet pan is an Americanism. Okay. Um, it means a re- basically a rectangular tin. Okay, fair enough. Now, does it actually have Guinness in it? It does. Okay, but it looks like a Guinness as well because it's obviously a very dark chocolate cake. Yes. But what's the frosting on top? So it's a cream cheese frosting. So the cake is quite rich because we've got all the flavours, some flavours from the beer. It's amazing how the beer actually changes in flavour because I think even if... For example, you gave this to a child, the alcohols will burn off in the oven. They yeah. would not, you would not know it Your has child beer wouldn't in it. end up being tipsy. <laughs> no, all good. <laughs> all <laughs> safe, but you would not really realise it's beer, but it has a really unusual, like unique flavour. It's not too sweet, so it goes really nicely with a sweet, kind of tangy icing. So I get to try it soon as well, which oh, I, yeah. I can't wait for. You do. Um, Wales, um, Ireland, Wales, Ireland won the rugby yesterday, so there'll be a, there would have been so much Guinness <laughs> yes. drunk at Twickenham Stadium yesterday. I mean, just tons. <laughs> of the stuff uh, I'm surprised you managed to find any and get any to cook with I really really am now look we're talking about people being well what are your household chores that you do I mean I love hoovering but you're in a kitchen yes. constantly and when you watch Bake Off when you watch MasterChef they're always saying wipe down the surface make it look neat <laughs> are you a really neat freak in the kitchen oh uh, I wish I was I am hygienic but I am just quite messy. A lot of ingredients are quite sticky or flour. Yeah. Bakers, bakers, baking is supposed to be a bit messy, especially if you're a home baker. Yes. It's, supposed, it's not supposed to be kind of clean cut and clinical. It's supposed to be a little bit getting stuck in. But yeah. the best thing about Bake Off, I don't know if this was the same on Celebrity MasterChef, yes. is that they clean up for you. 
Well, it was the best. It was the best part. Do you know? And it's so true. Do you know the other thing I love is when you do any of these TV shows, Master Chef, Bake Off, etc. There's a million pans, so you use a pan and you go, oh, that thing, and you just put it to the side, (laughs) and the magic pan washing fairies wash the pans, and you just go and get another pan. It was the dream. I remember coming home and then behaving in such a way in my parents' kitchen, yes, (laughs) and then being like, no. No, no. Sorry, you're not just no, going to leave it up like there, this. The there, you need to wash the pan. Okay, so now I can get tasting? Oh, yeah, please do. Okay, so tell me how you make this. So, yeah, this is a really straightforward cake. So you can make it with family, do whatever. So we're going to start by melting together our ingredients. I love a melting cake because it means you're not worrying about getting enough air in there. You're not having to get your electric whisk out. It's just all going in a saucepan. So into the saucepan, we're putting butter, treacle and dark brown sugar. Mm-hmm. And we're going to melt that together until it's lovely and smooth and mm-hmm. the sugar's dissolved a bit. And then it's time for the Guinness. So about 200 milliliters of Guinness, so half of one of those bottles. There were people on my train this morning at 8.30 drinking pints of Guinness. And I I thought, you know what? Congratulations, Ireland in the rugby. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you should put that in a cake. Mm. <laughs> that's a better, that's a better use for it at this time of the morning. Oh wow! <laughs> so that goes in, and the Guinness works really beautifully with the other ingredients in the cake because it just it almost brings like a coffee kind of co- dark richness to the cocoa. There's only actually one tablespoon of cocoa powder in the cake, so it's mm. not got lots of it, which is good because cocoa powder can be quite pricey. So it's a really good way to make that cake a bit more affordable, get that deep kind of dark chocolatey flavour mm. without having to use tons of chocolate. Oh, I have to say, it's absolutely delicious. And what's interesting is, as you said, the the sweetness of the cream cheese mm. frosting goes perfectly well with there's, um, I want to say, sourness from the stout. In yes. The, but then the, you've got the sweetness of the treacle. It, yeah, it's, I mean, I've done nearly done the whole slice. Um, <laughs> if you want to make Martha's recipe, the full details are on the Virgin Radio Instagram page, uh, as well as a picture of me trying to grab the cake from you, because <laughs> yes, that's what I do. Um, how long does it take to make? So it... In total, it goes, so once you've melted your ingredients, we're going to add in our eggs, then some uh, flour, cocoa powder, mixed spice, and some bicarb. That goes into the oven for about 40 minutes, so Mm -hmm. it's a nice, long, slow bake. Whilst that's baking, make your cream cheese frosting by mixing everything together. Mm -hmm. Once it's out and cooled, spread over the top. I've gone for a bit of ice and sugar and cocoa on top, because like you say, it's nice to make it look a little bit like it's, you know, a pint of Guinness. (laughs) A square pint. (laughs) A square pint, exactly. How long will it keep for, do you think? Because, again, I'm thinking... The sponge is a rich one, so you could make the sponge a day ahead, mm-hmm. keep that, and then put the frosting on the next the next day if that's if that made it easier for you. Yeah, absolutely. And this kind of cake, whenever you've made a cake that starts with a melting of ingredients, yeah. it will last a lot longer because it's rich, it's more moist, it's got more liquid. Oh, whoa, 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 so. whoa! This is hang on, hang on. <laughs> tension bed, please. Tension bed. We have a interesting breaking news. So, Martha, could you just say that again? Because that's a very good tip. <laughs> okay. Off you go, Martha. We've got the dramatic music. So, if you make a cake using the melting method like a brownie ginger cake this kind of treacle cake it will stay moist longer because it's got higher moisture content food science (laughs) hashtag food science is that what you just said i did yeah food i love that hashtag food science uh it's absolutely delicious i've put it down for fear of talking with my mouth for the next 15 (laughs) minutes absolutely delicious Um, have you prepped what you're going to be doing for next week or is that going to be a surprise it's going to be a surprise i believe is that genuine because you don't actually really know i think we could be getting ready for mother's day you're kind of just like always a week ahead yeah a week ahead of st patrick's day a week ahead (laughs) of mother's day Uh, well look um, do you know what what the heck I always like to master chef things. This is what they call it, isn't it? Just master chef that for me. So, 
Martha has made a Guinness chocolate cake. A smooth cream frosting topping with a dark, rich, unctuous sponge. Mmm. Really I liked good. that. Mm, perfect. Mm. I've made it now. Uh, My I, food has been master chef. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for this. Guess. The, uh, uh, the um, guest. Guest. Yes, guess the guest. Your chance to win a Graham Norton with Waitrose gift box, including all sorts of fantastic goodies. Plus this week, a Waitrose and Partners coconut and raspberry cake and a Waitrose and Partners coffee and walnut cake. So much cake. I love cake. Uh, Stuart in Manchester, good morning. Do you love cake? I do love cake, Andy. Who doesn't love cake? Exactly, Stuart. You're a man after my own heart. Stuart, good morning to you. Are you having a nice Sunday? I'm having a really, really chilled, easy morning. Yes, it's really nice. Okay, cool. Well, look, you have phoned in to play Guess the Guest. Let me play you the clip of the guest you're trying to guess. You are terrified of so many things. It's true. Like, so tell the people oh. some of the things you're scared of. <laughs> tell the people. Um, yeah. I don't like bees. I don't like honeycomb. I don't like sponges. Oh, now when she says sponges, did you think she means sponge cake? Because me, I love a bit of sponge cake. Stuart, he loves a bit <laughs> of sponge cake. Maybe you mean cake. SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, good. I love Sponge Cake. Oh, there we go, Stuart. Yeah, Spon maybe she just doesn't love Nickelodeon cartoons. I mean, who knows? Uh, Stuart, what do you do for a living? I am a psychologist, actually, so I could perhaps help her with those phobias. <laughs> do you know what, Stuart? That was a shameless plug for your own business, but do you know what? I applaud you. Well, I, 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 she's 12 for me anyway. I'm a child psychologist, so she wouldn't really fit for that. But how do we know? She could be a child actress or a child protege. She could be a child something. We don't know yet, Stuart, because I don't know what... Who, I genuinely don't know who it is, Stuart, and I actually have no idea. So, Stuart, this is your big moment. Live on Virgin, you are going to give your guest. If you're right, you get the gift box. If you're wrong, I cut you off with no further niceties. Just those cool. are the terms and conditions, just to make sure you're aware. Okay. Stuart? Yep, up for it. Okay, yep. you're up for it. Okay, you understand the terms and conditions. You're entering into Entirely. this. Entirely. Okay, great. Entirely. Okay, right. So, Stuart, guess the guest this Sunday morning. Who do you think the guest is? Uh, is it Ricky Lake? Stuart's answer is Ricky Lake. Stuart, as I told you, I have no idea who the guest is. The dramatic music, which is known in the business as a drone is playing in the background. You can hear that, Stuart. Uh, just about. Okay, Stuart, there will either be a ping for the right answer and you'll stay on the line and I'll be nice to you or there'll be some sort of noise for the wrong answer and, Stuart, you and I will never talk again. <laughs> you'll be dead to me, dead to me. Okay. All right, that was slightly over the top, Stuart. We didn't need to escalate. <laughs> Bye. Okay, then. Unlucky Stuart. Stuart's gone. <laughs> Dead to me. Blimey, that escalated. <laughs> okay, let's go to caller number two. Michelle, good morning to you. Hi, good morning. Michelle, good morning. Where are you today? Uh, I'm in Bracknell in Berkshire. Okay, oh, oh, lovely. Very nice part of the world. Uh, what do you do for a living, Michelle? <laughs> I'm a leadership and management coach and trainer. Oh, oh, Michelle, I really do like... You live in Berkshire and you're... Lovely, might I say. <laughs> Well done. What have you done this weekend? Anything interesting? Um, 
well, actually, today is a little bit dull because I'm doing the domestics, but at the same time, obviously, getting to listen to the show. Okay. No, um, no, and they're later going to London for my husband's birthday. Nothing wrong with doing the domestics, I have to say. I'm a bit of a domestic person myself. Uh, and where are you going to go out in London with your husband? Because I'm right in the centre of London right now. I am looking genuinely right now at the window at Tower Bridge. Where are you going to go? Wow, okay, so we are going to stay in Paddington. Nice. And we're going to go to Covent Garden this evening, and then tomorrow evening we're going to Leicester Square. Oh, wow, your husband's lucky. You're taking him on a right old knees up. Absolutely. How old is he going to be, if one might ask? 33. Oh, he's young. You're both young. Oh, lovely. Well, I'm technically I'm older than him, but oh. um, yeah. I'm still young, though. <laughs> no, no. no I, 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 I agree with you, Michelle. You're still young, but you're older than him. Marvellous. Okay. I am older than him. Michelle, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get the guys to, pay, to play the tension bed, the drone, which means you're getting ever closer to possibly winning a Graham Norton with Waitrose gift box. But as you heard with Stuart, Michelle, our relationship ends if you give me the wrong answer. Michelle? Yes, I'm oh, still here. Sorry. You're, yeah. you're happy with those terms? <laughs> Oh, I think they're firm but fair. Yes. Thank you very much, Michelle. Absolutely. <laughs> firm but fair. So, Michelle, I yeah. like you right now. It's the same. You'll either hear a ping and a cheer because you got it right, or you'll hear a noise that means you got it wrong and you'll be cut off unceremoniously. Happy birthday to your husband. Thank you. It's okay, in case that's the last thing we say to each other. Okay, <laughs> here we go, Michelle. You're playing guess the guest what is your guess? I think it's Lady Gaga. Bye, Michelle. <coughs> See you later. Right, that's that done then. Cheers, Michelle's gone. Blimey. Okay, so we have a third caller lined up. We do indeed have a third caller lined up. Just a memo to Tom Clayton reading the news. Tom, we might be late with you because no one's got it right so far. Right, okay. Uh, Kath in North Hampshire. Where are you, Kath? Someone's Hampton, Northamptonshire. Hello, hi. Ha Hello, morning, Kath. How are you? Morning. Hi, it's Kaz from um, Ketrin, Northamptonshire. Kaz with a Z? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, they wrote, they yeah. wrote Kath here. I'm so sorry, Kaz. No, that's okay. So I'll get rid of them. I mean, I'm only here for two days, but let's get rid of them. Uh, how are <laughs> you today, right. Kaz? How's your weekend going? It's going good, thanks. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm just having a chilled out, relaxing Sunday of Netflix and having a fry up and Ooh. coffee and my day, really. Blimey, I want to come round your house. Okay, uh, <laughs> just very quickly. You're always welcome. Thank you. What are you watching on Netflix? Um, well, I'm watching some films okay. today, so I'm going to give a go with, uh, I'm going to try a couple of the films that are up for some Oscars, like yes. the Benedict Cumberbatch film, nice. and the Olivia Coleman one. So Lovely. I'm gonna, yeah, okay. And, see uh, what's on there. and of course, the BAFTAs are on today as well, so you, you're doing the right thing. Well, look, thank you very much oh, for right. listening to Virgin. <laughs> uh, we're going to start the tension bed because technically we're running out of time. Uh, so, okay. Kaz. I'm hoping you've got this right. I've got my fingers crossed. Stuart in Manchester, he got it wrong. Michelle in Bracknell, she got it wrong. Kaz, are you going to be my new best friend by getting it right? Kaz, guess okay. the guest. Who do you think the guest is? Um, is it Sarah Paulson? Yay! Oh. <laughs> Kaz, congratulations. Thank you. You are going Thank to win you. the Graham Norton with Waitrose gift box, uh, including all the fun stuff, including some champagne. I'm sure you like a little bit of champers, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Thank and you. That's amazing. And the coconut and raspberry cake and the coffee and walnut cake. Kaz, congratulations. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. So we had a lot of fun and I hope you have too. Andy Peters here, standing in for Graham. Thanks so much for joining me. I've had an absolute blast. 
do make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can hear a new episode of the best bits of the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose every week. See you later. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio.